Welcome to Please Don't Kick Me Out, a podcast about imposter syndrome. This podcast started with me just kind of interviewing my friends, and now we're at a point where I'm interviewing people who inspire me. Every week you are going to hear how someone else identifies with the feeling of not fitting in and success. So let's just hop into the episode and thank you for all of your continued support. Hey y'all, this is a very vulnerable episode. Um, As many of you know, I've been on a hiatus since uh, my husband got back from deployment on the 23rd of May. It has been crazy, like drinking out of a fire hose because we're doing an O'Connor's move. Now you guys know I'm a military spouse and that doesn't super define me, but I've been having a lot of people try to re-enter the chat, so to speak, and offer advice and support while we're moving. And really we're taking this time after we've left the uh, last command we were at Um, you know, no disrespect, no shade, but this is our story and what we went through separately as well as together. It's a very vulnerable space. We are sharing this as a means of, hey, here's where we're at. Here's what we would respect. And here's where we're going moving forward. And here's how we can help more people reintegrate. So we are reintegrating. It's very tough. It's, we just want to move forward and, and move ahead. So if you're close family friends of ours or your close family, just know that a lot of stuff has happened in the last 72 hours. Not a lot great, but we're doing great. We're doing better. We're now on a weekend and we have nothing but um, great Newport, Rhode Island weather. So we are going to enjoy this next five weeks and we hope you enjoy the episode. And to my partner, Scott, thank you so much for always seeing me and being my best friend. And I'm so happy to have you back and let's move to Hawaii, baby. Cheers, babe. Okay, so uh, to my listeners, of course, you know that I'm currently on a hiatus. This is, of course, Please Don't Kick Me Out, the podcast about imposter syndrome, um, chiefly on inclusion. And today, um, we're doing something a little bit different for bonus episode. Um, Not gonna lie, I have meetings sitting in my hopper from January, February. Sorry, I'm a dick. I just have had so many beautiful conversations in the last year. So um, we thought we would do something different since my husband has been uh, deployed and just came back and we are in the middle of an O'Connor's move. So right now we're coming to you from Newport, Rhode Island, which is such a great town. And um, we're coming from a space of uh, reintegration um, in the military life. So uh, do you have any questions, babe? Uh, not really. I mean, I'm coming back off about eight months out to sea. <clears throat> so that sucked. Anybody out here in the military, you've kind of, you understand that. <clears throat> You know, you kind of have to compartmentalize things, but, you know, a lot of the stuff that we're going to be talking about is, you know, yes, as a service member, you kind of learn how to just kind of turn your brain off, leave the world behind, focus on your job. I mean, it's everything that you have in life kind of gets summed down to, like, work out, go to go to do your job, you know, walk 20, 30 feet to get to your place of work from where you live. And that's pretty much it. And just kind of hang out and maybe play some cards against humanity or something just to kill the time or watch yeah. the same movies over and over again. But you come home and then you realize that the world kept going and you have a lot of catching up to do. And you kind of have a lot of like making up to do also. So we're going to talk a lot about, hey, how do you kind of get back on track? How do you acclimate? How do you let the other person deal with kind of the void you left behind? And how do you make up for lost time? 
Yeah, especially with, um, it's really crazy for us coming to Newport, right? Um, and there's no masks. Um, and then my husband's been on a ship where there's no masks. Um, it was crazy, even as they were pulling in, I was only on the pier because I was serving on the family readiness group. Um, and even so, there was still yelling at me about like families and distance. And I'm like, well, if you wanted me to sit six foot socially distant from someone else, like, I, I, it, who's to say we're not members of the same household? I mean, I was going to the captain's house well into that week. So honestly, it's, it's just, it, it was so weird because every single day it changed. And I, what was that like for you when things were changing at a rapid pace? Well, I mean, the policy of COVID was we have no idea what the fuck we're doing. <laughs> um, it was, I mean, we had a single day where we went from, okay, guys, everyone's got to put on your masks. Um, the Admiral's coming to visit, so we got to put on our mask because that's the new policy. And then the Admiral showed up right before it pulled in, and then everyone wore masks for like an hour. And then Captain came back on and said, well, never mind. Like, we're not wearing masks. The Admiral said no. And it's like, oh, well, you know, if we're going home, we can go 50 miles away, but you can't take leave. You can't go out of the area. You can't do anything crazy. And then like a week before you get back, it's okay, hey, never mind. Everyone can go. You know, you can go and leave and go out of the area uh, if you get a vaccine. But we're not allowed to ask you if you have a vaccine. But it made me wear a mask. We know, but we don't know. And it's just, it's... We don't know that you know that we know. But yeah, it's, <laughs> it's this weird level of confusion that I think mm -hmm. hits. It's extremely frustrating. Luckily, I've been in long enough just to be able to laugh it off yeah. and have kind of the cynical, like, mindset of, like, okay, what's going to change today? Like, yeah. I woke up, am I still going to be sleeping in the same rack tomorrow? Like, you know, crap like that. That's so standard in the military. But then you look at, like, junior people who just joined, um, mm -hmm. who have no idea kind of how these policies evolve and, how you know, where this decision-making comes from. And it just seems like they just kind of get, you know, for lack of a better term, jerked around by the short and curlies. Um, <laughs> yep. That's a real term. Um, wow. Wow. But, you know, it's, again, I, I always kind of, I love leadership. I love being a leader. So I was like seg into like what people can do to kind of guide their people and explain them the why. But it's really hard. This has been a challenging time because a lot of stuff, even senior people, you know, have seen like old, old people have equated to like what the Navy was like after 9-11, where it just, everything just changed overnight. And then the next night it changed again. And then they say, oh yeah, hey, so we're going to enact this policy in 30 days. And two days later, everything's different. Yeah. And so it's, it's just frustrating yeah. in that, you know, and it's communication. It's talking to the family members, letting them know. Because one of the things that I kind of failed to realize is that every time a policy changed with the Navy, it had already changed five times with the civilian side and she was having to deal with that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And us talking and making plans and just open, you know, again, yeah. military lines of communication. Um, yeah. It's just tough. It, it was tough. And so, you know, do we want to talk about kind of this last year and kind of where we've gone separately, but where we've grown as a couple? Yeah. Um, and you know, this, I, I still, I love telling a story and it's about our, our house. So we just moved out of our house. It's in San Diego still. I miss it. I mean, that's like my first home. Yeah. Um, but I'm back from an underway and this is like, this is back when people were still kind of making COVID jokes where it was still like appropriate where like, y yes, I refer, I refer to it as Kung flu in like January of 2020 because we treated it. You called it Kung flu panda. That's what you called it. 
maybe. I don't know. But like, <laughs> not cool. But like, same, same thing how like SARS happened where everyone's like, ah, SARS attacks. And, you know, it, and then it kind of went away because, I mean, we had competent people dealing with the problem. Um, but I came home and then I was back from an underway and we're like, we're going to paint the cabinets. And by we're going to paint the cabinets, which means I'm going to go get day drunk and paint the cabinets um, after she got to pick out the color. It was a team effort, but I'm about halfway done and I get a phone call saying, hey, uh, you have to be back to the ship in 18 hours for us to sequester on board for two weeks and hang out on the pier so we can get underway for two weeks just to make sure no one gets COVID. And her first response was, all right, we'll finish the cabinets. Yeah, because at the time I didn't know what I didn't know. And and that was kind of scary. I can recall you were on an underway, excuse me, and I had gotten laid off. Uh, I had negotiated a raise. I had gone to, to take an interview. I had been told that I was in permanent. I had been laid off. Uh, and um, at the time I was like, wow. And now I'm like, mm, no, like that was stupid. But I didn't know what I didn't know. And I, I, I produced a podcast for my former job and I went to an interview and then I didn't hear back. And all of a sudden it was just like COVID stay in your house. There's no toilet paper. I felt terrified. Then they did the masks thing. And then there was no masks and the toilet paper <laughs> and all this stuff. And so, it, and I remember Scott gave me a list and you actually made a survival bag, which you found, found it on the way back. You'd made a survival bag. And I thought that's so stupid in Denver. Um, all the batteries exploded because it's been like four years. But I realize now that you kind of had an idea that something could happen like this, but we didn't know the magnitude. And so um, what did you think when my immediate response was that I didn't want to go back to work? I was fine with it. I mean, Yes, you know, if you're dual income, no kids, and then it turns into single income, no kids, you kind of, you start having that conversation about like money and just, okay, how do we scale down our quality of life? You know, do we stop saving as much as we were? Do we, you know, but again, open communication. If you have those talks and you say, hey, you know, okay, this is where we were with the two of us bringing in money. And now this is where we are with just one of us. Um have that talk and say, okay, Hey, this is what we can cut back on. This is, you know, we put X amount of money in savings or investing, you know, or what say you make it work. But at the end of the day, you know, I, I was always like, I, I had a great dad. My dad taught me how to just be a man. He's alive. Yeah. I had a great dad growing up. Right. Okay. I, still, I was like, I, wow. I had oh, a great dad. He's, oh, okay. he's okay now, I guess. Jeff's you know? fine. Yeah. Jeff's fine. Jerry Bear's um, fine. But he was very much about when you're married, it's not the two of you, one versus the other. It's not, you know, it's the two of you versus a problem. And if one of you has an issue, that means both of you have an issue. um, And you cannot discredit the other person. If they're concerned about something, what you do is you have to join their team and tackle the problem from their perspective. And so if it, you didn't feel comfortable about going into work? No. Okay. I didn't feel comfortable about it because of this thing called page two when like, I guess we can go back in time and say that like, we were not in a good place when your underways and your workup started happening, getting ready for deployment. I had never been apart from you like that. I didn't know what was going on. I was confused and I was working a civilian job where I was throwing myself into it, trying to escape because you were 
not yourself. Can we say that? There was a lot of stress being brought home and we always had a policy of don't bring work home, let's just leave it at home. And I was having problems with this Gen Z employee of mine that was just disrespectful. My sister had some health issues and a health scare, which was very scary for my family. And while that all happened, I was furloughed to one day a week off and he was gone. We were here for the holidays. Holidays were good. And it was our first holidays in San Diego. Our dog wasn't doing so well. And uh, we took a trip to Vegas. And I just remember just being like, you know, we were joking like, oh, coronavirus, coronavirus. And, um, you know, share canceled. Um, I still haven't seen share, you know, and if I, if I don't, I don't, but we, I realized that everything that I was angry about and worried about and upset with you about didn't matter and pales in comparison to the traumatic stuff we went through the rest of the year. So, um, so one of the things that I really had to deal with uh, on this tour, I mean, it's one of the bad, the bad and kind of good things about the military is you live your life two to three year tours at a time. Um, you kind of reinvent yourself a little bit every time you execute a permanent change of station when you move from one place to another. Um, and one of the things that I didn't do here is I didn't know how to ask for help when it came to my mental health. Um, I had, I went from a job where I was sitting at a desk when I had a civilian assistant who had been doing the job for five times as long as I was, who always had my back, who was getting paid an exorbitant amount of money to let me take credit for their work. Um, I went from that to, hey, welcome, you know, we're going to send you to school for six weeks in Florida. It's Ugh. not, it, yeah. it's going to be a school that's not going to prepare you for anything where <laughs> we're just going to sit around and bullshit for six hours a day and talk about outdated manuals and publications. And then we're going to send you out to the fleet to be the sole person of your trade on a ship in charge of three mission areas, nine collateral duties, um, four committees, 17 to 20 sailors, uh, all who've gone through a much more technical training pipeline, you know, and I didn't deal with it very well. It was, I showed up shock. and I had to build everything from scratch and kind of, you know, if we talk about imposter syndrome, like I pulled a lot of things out of my ass and it was a lot of like, do what feels right mm. uh, because you don't know where to find the answer. And if you ask somebody, hey, what's the answer to this? Then you have the fear of perpetuating the mindset of, what the fuck is he here? He doesn't know what he's doing. If I had to give him the answer, right. then why is he even here? He's supposed to be the man with the plan. And he's only here because he knows what he's doing. And that mindset, um, having to kind of make it up as I go along and improvise. And, you know, my duty days, I'm staying up almost all night trying to read publications or, you know, reaching out. And I, luckily, my community has a great kind of waterfront community where everyone, you know, is able to help, you know, those of you listening, you know who you are, who definitely kind of got me through this tour. But it's it, that feeling of imposter syndrome where I am, I was not a surface warfare officer. You know, I'm still not. Thank God. Those guys suck. Um, oh, my God. Don't say that. But, you know, I'm not a ship guy. I've done my fair share of deployments, but that's not my trade. You know, that's not my profession. Um, and it kind of caught up with me. It hit me at these points where I 
would not sleep because I thought that I needed to be around, you know, for 20 hours of evolutions and operations a day. Uh, I didn't know what I was doing. And so I kind of had to figure it out. And when I was wrong, I was very heavily reminded that I was wrong so and it, it destroyed. Let's talk. Health. Yeah. So let's talk. I, the first interview, so let's talk about just, I teared up because you feel helpless when you know something's wrong and you can't do anything about it. You know, uh, I could feel it every single day and I wasn't, you weren't yourself. I mean, like you're goofball island. You're like singing about cheese to the, to the tuna studio, like, you know, and I want to talk about you coming home just because I want people to understand that we're doing a reintegration differently than normally normal people would. Reintegration means that you're coming together again. And our reintegration is from two types of pandemic deployment. One that had traumatic loss when it shouldn't have. Yeah. So, you know, beginning workups, and I know this has been talked about during. I don't talk about it much, but, you know, but I try it, it's to. been in the news and everything. So, I mean, there's no, you know, there's no reason to get into detail. Reason to not get into detail. But the Macon Island Amphibious Radius Group uh, suffered a loss during workups. There was some loss of life, and it kind of hit people very differently. Well, plus um, the pandemic. And the military mindset is keep okay, going. keep marching. Yeah. Keep going. And I mean, it's understandable that you have to have that mentality because there's a mission that's bigger than any small group of people or any individual. You know, we all kind of get that. Um, it's, you know it, but it's hard to acknowledge it, especially yeah. when it happens to you. Um, but coming back, it was, it, you know, we, I got, I negotiated for orders. I had a great detailer. Uh, I'm actually taking out for beers here uh, in the next few days, but yeah. he sent me up with orders, these orders to Hawaii. A, over a year ago. And so we kind of knew what the timeline was. Um, I tried to finagle it to get home early, to get my relief out there earlier because, you know, Both of you were ready to go. policy stated that you had to do a face-to-face -face turnover and make sure the other guests set up for success, which is, you know, it, it's a big point of pride for me to make sure that he was good. Um, but I got home from deployment and when we got home, we had 14 days until our pack out. So I had to get home and immediately, even on the way home, it was like, what are we going to do with the table or what are we going to do well, with, you know, yeah. and, and it's on the internet that, you know, you have to use mobile Facebook and that still takes seven minutes to load a page, you know, and you refresh it every yeah. 20 minutes or so, so to get a message, but it's, yeah. sorry, it's, it, you can't, I came home and it was full speed. I told him, I was like, we will reintegrate when we have to. And because I can't, and um, because not only were you coming back from a 251 day deployment and the Navy doesn't see it as a deployment from Navy, November, quite frankly, you'll fuck yourself because he was gone from September 14th until, um, oh boy, it was gonna be 252 and it was 251, but I got to be on the pier. These, every single day policy was changing. Every single, I, and I was going through it on the ground and I, I don't wanna talk about we can get into it, but like this podcast was the only way I got through it in a lot of ways because I didn't have people, I didn't know what I wanted people to say to me. And a lot of reintegration was finding out that someone was a complete toxic person. My reality, it's not funny. My reality was screwed up. I was put in a place of danger leaving, which was very terrifying. And then Scott had 
kept some things for me, or maybe I just got the reality of it differently. So I had about three friend breakups in the time span and not really necessarily friend breakups, but there was some people that got hurt in a wake of someone that was in my life that I really counted on. Um, and the Navy sent, uh, well, I'm on a company and he's TDY here, which means he's on orders here. I'm on a company, but then we're supposed to fly out together. And it's like, we had one night apart and it was just like, why? Like, why didn't we just fly the same day? But you know, to be fair, it was fine. So we're in Newport, Rhode Island right now. And um, today is the first day I didn't sleep for a full 24 hours. And I, I would like to be vulnerable with you guys to talk about reintegration because I feel like a lot of people don't get it. They don't get what I'm going through. And if you didn't go through a pandemic deployment, especially not this one, you don't know what I needed and you weren't there for me. And all I want people to know is like, I love him. I wanted him back every single day that he was gone. But there were days I couldn't get out of bed and I knew something was wrong or he was having a bad day. I didn't want to burden him. So we're- yeah, I think that applies just, you know, not not just pandemic deployments, but, the, you know, all deployments in general. It's, they have to be planned for. Um, you know, there's things I wish I would have done. I wish, you know, we would have gone on more trips and date nights and things like that we could explore more san diego before yeah before we leaving could yeah. travel we couldn't do anything this sea duty really did take a lot from us but at the same time we grew so much stronger as a couple because all we had was our communication and our one phone call a day or whatever that might be i mean this was harder for you going enlisted mustang ocs route and all of that because the first thing you said to me is I will never deploy again. And that was a fucking lie. So that this is something we know is that if it's between a deployment or losing pension, we, we can't go through this again. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's nobody really knows what the future looks like. Yeah. Um, and certainly uh, not. Yeah. It's uh, I'm at 15 years right now, 15 and a half. Um, and I'll also keep pushing, you know, as long as it's useful, we'll flesh out and see what this tour looks like. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm, and people used to talk about those jobs. See, this is my first married deployment. This is my sixth deployment in total. And people would always talk about like, yeah, I can't wait to go to shore duty. Like, yeah, I get it. I work longer hours, but I go home every night. And I, I was always thinking, you know, when I was single, I was like, eh, you know, whatever. I, you know, I, I'd rather go home early and sleep the night on the ship every once in a while or stay out to sea. And now that like I'm married to my best friend, it's like, ah, fuck, I'd rather work like a 16 hour day and go home that night. Yeah. It's not going to be 16 hours. Probably. Um, That's right. <laughs> do a cartwheel out by. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, but it's, yeah, it's your priorities and things shift. And I remember after I got, you know, I, I one of my old exos, um, he knows who he is because I want to mention this conversation. He's a really good guy. Um, when I told him that I was engaged at uh, our last, last command back in Denver, he sat me down and he was like, hey, listen, this is going to be hard because your priorities are going to change. Um, it's like, you're going to look at me right now and you're going to tell me that, yeah, your priorities in the, is the Navy and you know, you, you're going to try and put your wife second. He said, but that's not the case. You're going to put your wife first. And the Navy is going to force you away from that. And that's going to be hard. Yep. He says, so you need to know that. Um, and that was seriously, it, you know, it wasn't necessarily advice. It was just you, it was more guidance and just kind of a heads up. 
Um, and if I didn't know that, you know, I, I wouldn't have really, I wouldn't have been as prepared as I am, but I still wish I was more prepared. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there was no preparation because yeah. as soon as COVID happened, I, I hate to say it, but the whole Navy was like, meh, like, fuck a family, fuck a child, fuck your kid's birth. And that's in general, like, I'm, I'm just going to say it. I mean, it's always fam mission first, family second. And um, you're lucky if you can see your kid's birth. Um, but let's talk about kids for a second and imposter syndrome and us being married for four years. Um, let's start by saying we will never have children. Anyone who listens to this podcast knows this. Um, however, we don't hate kids. We don't, we don't hate children. It's just, I love my friend's kids. I love giving them back. I am a child at heart. I'm a child of trauma and I had trauma and different experiences. I've worked very hard in therapy. Thank you, Justina, for all you've done. Shout out Justina. Um, Healthy Minds California, definitely check them out. And, or if you have TRICARE, take advantage of those things. Um, if you're in the military, like my husband or you're a veteran, make sure that you use your free resources because there are resources. You just have to know the loopholes and how to get them and the right things to say, but it's not career ending. However. Um, also, and I, I'm hilariously bad with kids. No, it's so bad. Um, it's, you know, somebody hands me a baby and I just, I, I don't, I don't know what to do with it. Like, do I, you didn't know what to do with do it. I put it somewhere. Um, like, or like when, <laughs> and Bianca always laugh at the story. Um, but like a long time ago, we went and visited my nephew and it was the three of us in a room. Enters the chat, and, and, dog. And He's showing us his toys. And, and I'm like, like cool, I'm like, bud. Yeah, okay, man. And like my dad's dog comes in, like, oh shit, a dog. Louis, yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. What's up, Louie? And just like belly rubs. I get all excited. Yep, yeah, he's sleeping. Bourdain's oh, sleeping down there. Oh, yeah. Um, but like, or her tattoo artist, uh, Christina, you know, her kid comes over and is like, hi, Uncle Scott. And I'm like, hi. She gives him a hug. She like, gives me so a hug. Cool. And I'm just like, I don't know what to do. The thing is, is that you didn't know that not having children was an option. And on our first date, I said, no kids. And I want to get married by an Elvis. And you were like, okay, all right. I Let's didn't do know. It. Last first date. Right. But the <laughs> proponency to push women into having children is ridiculous. And there never should be a question about, oh, um, you know, why? Because you don't know. I could have a miscarriage. I could have infertility issues or I could be fucking non-binary. Hi. So let's talk about that for it's a second. Kids if you're non-binary. Well, yeah, but like, that's a rule. no, it's not a rule, <laughs> but like, let's talk about this and why we're doing this. Um, we have had a lot of change in the last year and we've had a lot of people try to enter the chat, so to speak, and have opinions about things and tell us how to feel about things. And this is our blanket statement. I am a podcaster. I am a content creator. I am someone that is very vulnerable with people. I don't let a lot of people in. I have neurodivergence. I have ADHD. Um, my husband also is a little bit neurodivergent too. And it happens. I mean, our mental health is something we had to cling to, to get by in the last year. And if you weren't on that journey with us, it's hard to let you re-enter the chat with us. So if you weren't vulnerable with me on my podcast, who I am, it's probably weird seeing me on video. Who I am is me. This is me right here. This is my partner that I talk about. And one of the things that was sad was I started to lose him. 
lose him in the sense of forget things and just become completely resentful of just like, why well, did everything? I took the dog, get neutered. I, I, took, I got the dog trained. I did all these things. And all of my deepest and darkest anxieties and all of my things that manifested ended up turning into, I think those were the last two years. No, there's one more left. Yes, let's share it. We're sharing it. Okay. Um, this is just, we want to be vulnerable with you and let you guys in because I've been vulnerable with you for last year. Babe, what have you thought about my transformational kind of change? Like, Your butt looks great. It's, I mean, I've always kind of accepted you for who you are. I've yeah. always kind of been... I, you've always just been a spitfire. You will, you're going to do something, whether I like it or not. I'm just happy that I tend to like it. Um, um, yeah. I've never asked you to ask for permission because I know that that's, that's futile. Um, you know, it's, it, it's inherent trust, but I've decided letting you be you is one, a great ticket to fun kind of goofy, it, things. goofy adventures. And two, I mean, I married you because you're my best friend and that's not changing anytime soon. Yeah. And that's, um, there's some things that like, I want to say on this podcast that, um, this reintegration has taught us. Um, also something I've realized moving on my second PCS move while it's O'Connor is, is the trash takes itself out. So friendships that are not important or things that you've kind of let slip under the rug, they kind of go away, but the pandemic really brought me closer to a lot of people. I'd like to give some shout outs to Jillian Welker, one of my really good friends uh, who I love very much, who is doing amazing. Um, shout out to you. I want to give a shout out to my friends, Matt and Sierra, who and the entire Charlie Hyde's bingo bunch. Um, thank you so much for letting me, seeing me virtually. There were times when that was the only thing I could look forward to. Um, chief shout out to Charlie Hyde's, Gregory Arlt, uh, Seth Dolan for always seeing me um, and uh, everyone that plays. Um, but these, that was sometimes the only thing I had between this podcast and everything else. And I became a more and more inclusive space. And I had a friend that we had a pretty huge falling out um, who was, you know, it doesn't really matter, but they basically pointed a finger at me and said, like, you're not really an ally. You're just a white cisgendered ally. And I realized, well, I'm a gay man in a woman's body. Like, I've always felt that way. I have an air penis is what I call it. I have big dick, Melissa Etheridge energy, which is why I wanted to be on camera, because I, if you listen, it's an audio medium, of course. And that's why I wanted to share this, because I want people to see me as who I am. Sure, I might look female. But just FYI, I don't feel like that fits me. It never has. And I've always just been Bianca. But if we're going to put pronouns on it, I definitely am not 100% woman. I feel a lot of energy. And that plays into why I don't want children. So I've always felt like an imposter on top of just being me. Because I've always been the weird kid that never fit in. And I had to edit myself in dating. And he was the first person who ever saw me for me and would know when I wasn't being true to myself. Like we make goals when we do our PCSs and my goal was to be 100% myself. And how did we leave San Diego? I think we get the goal. Right. You know, it's, it, it, it's a big thing about honesty. 
it's a big thing about you know being who you are one on a just unabashedly who you are it's the more you have to hide about yourself the more you're kind of getting you know it, it shows you wear it on your shoulder but or, but you don't really show people that you're not being you know 100 you you're just kind of you're pretending and it's extremely transparent um but you know what she said earlier about you know taking out the trash and you know getting rid of garbage and it's, I, I may have i think i drunkenly said this the other night uh just because i love analogies um but it's you know the better you get at taking out trash the the more you take out the trash the better you get at like separating recycle or something like that i don't know yeah but cut cut fucking trash people out of your life i mean you don't owe anyone anything and i keep telling you know, I keep telling her, you, I don't know how to phrase it, what person I'm talking to, so I'm talking to you. You're saying um, your wife, <laughs> best friend, yeah, partner, I don't know. Um, yeah, people, yeah. But, but if you have garbage people in your life and you learn to recognize that, that they're dragging you down, don't, you know, take a lesson out of it. Not, you know, like, oh, this person fucked up my life. Terrible. It's okay. Let me learn how to identify what went wrong. And like with this latest incident, it's okay. We saw these patterns. We saw we saw this kind of history. We saw this unreliability. We saw these incidents. And instead of now for future events, instead of chalking it up to like, oh yeah, yeah. whatever. Now, no, now, now I know like, I can't deal with oh, it. Shit, yeah. this is a insert person's name here type incident. We need mm-hmm. to fucking run for the hills. Yeah, yeah. And I want to touch on reintegration again. So when I mentioned trauma, um, I've just had some friends of mine uh, really not understand and try and give me the right. I'm just going to state it. I'm a resilient person and uh, it's because I'm a child of trauma and I've worked really hard to have the relationship with my family that I that I have. Um I've never fit in, always the weird kid, undiagnosed ADHD, always a little queer, and always feeling like I had to mold or edit myself to basically fit in because I didn't, I wanted to be invited to things. So that leads into drinking more, more socially so that people like me or um, feeling uncomfortable. So overcompensating or changing things about myself. Like I remember my twenties, I was like, well, maybe I want a kid. And then I got an IUD and I was like, fuck that. Yeah. This this kind of goes full loop though. There is no one way to deal with reintegration. Mm -hmm. It's you know, it, we put on classes on the ship and I know other, you know, they do like, Hey, how to drive again? Like, here's Please what a car, support just needs to stop. It's not good. Here's what a car is going to feel like X, Y, and Z. And like, some of that's helpful, but you have to have a good foundation. You have to have a good base. Um, you have to leave on a good note. You have to plan for what life is going to be like coming back in hindsight. There's a lot more I wish I would have done. Um, but there's no one-stop shop. It's got to be a sit-down conversation. You got to talk about the hard issues. Sometimes you got to cry. Sometimes you got to yell. But you know, you have to go back to okay. This is why we fell in love. This is why we're still good friends. This is why we're still together. Um, and it's just about being honest. And it's the problem is that sometimes people like to jump in and say like, Oh, well, I dealt with reintegration by us taking a weekend trip to Tahoe. I fucking hate Tahoe. It's hot. And I'm not an outside person. Um, no, we're outside hilar- people. I'm hilariously white, but like pale. I, oh, I have colorful tattoos. Yeah. Not like, no, 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 no. Um, 
pasty. How about that? Yeah. I'm hilariously well, pasty. I, I, I wear sunscreen like crazy and I'm tanner than you. So. I go outside. I don't, I don't get, I don't get a burn. I go straight to cancer. Uh, well, you also like won't listen to me. I'm like, you're like, you're like, no, low on cyan, fuck you. Like, <laughs> but excuse me. But yeah, it's, it, you know, and I, I've learned a lot of lessons, um, growing up and dealing with deployments and my entire adult life has been in the military. Almost half my life is, you know, been doing this shit. And this is the hardest thing. And it was learning how to ask for help with my mental health. Um, and I think you, you pushed me to do that. Cause you pushed me and I was like, okay, pusher. Yeah. You and made me do all these things. I, it and took, I did. It took my third major mental breakdown on board to realize that I need to get medicated for ADHD. It took, another you know major mental breakdown on board for me to realize that okay maybe try antidepressants and you know more regular therapy and counseling and you know writing down a book about how i you know what emotions are hitting when i have that point where you feel like crying but you know you have to kind of hold it in and you hold it in for three weeks and then it just explodes um you know there's there's coping mechanisms uh but number one has to be admission of there's something wrong and I need help and it take it took me a long time to get there yeah I knew something was wrong and I mentioned it to friends that I'd known for a while and stuff um and my friends know who they are they're my family they've seen me through my ups and my downs but I remember we had a happy hour and I said I don't know what the heck is I guess we moved to San Diego and I just felt abandoned like you got to the ship and you were just overwhelmed because it had been short to see and whatever. And then I started a new job and I was like, cool, like I'm going to make San Diego my bitch. Like, let's do this. And I started this new job and I threw myself into it because you were like, I'm deploying. And then you were just like the mayor of Footloose town for like a bunch of stuff. And I didn't know what was going on until all of a sudden I get a phone call where you're like, can you come pick me up from the base? It's like, why? And you're like, uh, I don't know. I'll explain when I get you. Like, I was like, okay, well, what's going on. And then I had to start cluing in. This was, and then there was no stopping the hill. Cause then my family, there was some issues and health problems in my family. And, and I had to like start, stop my career. And I was like, it was almost like it was telling us that like something's coming, but we don't know what it is. And so in a lot of ways, I'm grateful for the pandemic in the sense of I wouldn't have gotten fired. I wouldn't have started this podcast. I wouldn't have found my calling. I wouldn't have figured out who I am and I wouldn't be married to you anymore because we were losing ourselves and we were self imploding. Like we had one fun night, the night we went to Vegas and the next day it was like, you kind of started getting anxious about Mm -hmm. stuff and I just started resenting you. And, And I can say that and say that like, we were not in a good spot. I felt chiefly and completely abandoned and I didn't know what I needed. And I was also not doing great at work. And I think you were pushing me to get my value. And even if they paid me more, fuck them. Yeah. But it's, you know, and it, it was me preparing to kind of get in the mental headspace for deployment. Um, We had a two week underway before deployment that turned into a four week underway. And I was not in the right headspace for that underway. Mm -hmm. Um, We got extended just for two weeks on a, on a routine training underway. Cause we had to help another ship with some COVID stuff. Came back quote unquote early though. Um, you know, we went into a restricted, you know, restricted communication posture, which means you can't, you know, talk off, off ship. We had, uh, 
a couple minor incidents happen that were kind of blown out of proportion, in my opinion. But again, you know, respect to the Jane command, it's it's their call. Um, I was ready for it, and even to a one month underway. I mean, I've spent years of my life out to sea, and I was not ready for that. And so I kind of I spent the last couple of weeks before deployment getting into my own headspace, getting, you know, trying to get as mentally prepared as possible, um, being on my own, in my own head, and in a hindsight, I realized I abandoned her, even though I was sitting right next to her. And it, that's I, normal, I left though. for deployment long before I was physically gone. That's normal. And I didn't communicate that to her. Mm-mm. And we left on kind of a bad note because she thought I was, you know, abandoning her and I she thought I was just kind of trying to leave her behind and when in all actuality I was doing my best to get my mind in order um and it's really hard to explain because everyone's got their own process everyone's got their own you know and you explain this to junior sailors and you know junior soldiers and marines all the time that when you you go into essentially an alternate reality is you have to be mentally prepared for that or it will eat you alive not not within a days, not within weeks, but over the course of months, it will just wear down at you little by little till there's nothing left and you were so totally burnt out. And the problem was we all thought we were ready. Everyone came back burnt out. Happened. You were, I don't, it, it's not worth talking about, but like from the spousal perspective and and from my perspective and all of the interviews I've done, shout out to Paul to Marriage, shout out to the American Mill Spouse, shout out to Mill's any other podcast that's reached out to me, um, you know, Derek Galsman has Once Upon a Boot. Mm-hmm. Everyone has resoundingly the same story that the spouse is reaching for that time together that, that, and you've already checked the fuck out. Like you're, bye. And so I got served this ad for a card game and this is actually what, Ooh. oof. Mm. I threw it away. I was like, I never want to see this it, thing it, again. It was like, oh, here's a card game of like, super intimate truthful facts and scott was just like cool michael scott roast uh and i and i found it so hurtful and really he was just trying to be constructive but it was the way you did it you're like kapow like plus 50 i'm mean points and fun fact it's your attack well no and we chose to as the crow flies whoopsie go to palm springs to go to where we were supposed to be that's, you know okay first off that's not even a whoopsie it was well within the policy that of our out of bounds area for where we were allowed we to go all, yeah turns out there was quite a few people from my ship further. in palm springs at the time and it was the hottest summer of the year oh, it was the hottest God. time of the year we popped a tire it, we, everywhere we went, we couldn't cool down. There was that person who was like, religious exemption for my ass, because I'm a rule follower and, and all of that. And uh, honestly, it was too much for you. You already checked out. We offered the next another day. It was hot. And Bourdain got to go swimming for the first time. And you were just like, no, we need to go now. And thankfully we did because it, uh, it, the <laughs> San Bernardino County like lit on fire. And then um, our entire power grid was like, bye. And we ended up staying with our friend Jason for the night, which was very sweet. And Jason, thank you so much. He let us stay with him again. Um, yeah, but it's, it, you know, kind of kind of wrapping up a little bit. Yeah. Um, integration and, you know, when we talk about reintegration, it is, you know, people in the military or even it doesn't even have to be in the military. It could be contractors, so, you know, a civilian, whatever job you have. If you have to leave home from a, 
a period of time, a few months, you know, maybe even a year um, for some of my, you know, my buddies in the army and the Marine Corps, you leave, life keeps going and you got to be ready for that. And you need to have a reintegration plan before you get back. It's, we're going to take this trip. We're going to go do this stuff. We're going to, sorry, I'm tapping the table. Uh, <laughs> but we didn't, we didn't have that. And no, couldn't, I you couldn't fucking wish we did. You know, we got lucky that my orders have us going, you know, had us going to Newport. So now we're in sunny Newport, Rhode Island for five weeks. Everyone's uh, nice. Shout out to Poor Judgment up our fucking rocks. Yeah. Um, you know, and like one of the only beneficial things that came from that deployment, that ship, is I can now grow a mustache with my wife saying it's okay. Oh, I don't care. And stop telling him to delete the dirty stuff. Uh, more, it's never going It's away. not going to go away because <laughs> it looks great. Uh, and also he kind of looks like Bob from Bob's Burgers with the mustache a little bit. But it doesn't even matter what there. It's, I'm just. No, that's a compliment. Yes, it is. Okay. Sometimes you are Bob. You're like, ah. But no, the thing is, is with this is, is um, there's a lot of, been a lot of transformational stuff that's happened. And it's happened separately. And he's had to watch it from afar with the shitty internet. And a lot of it has been my podcast and you would try to go to port calls and, you know, download my episodes. And if I didn't send them on a zip drive, you couldn't. So there's a lot of stuff that he's not heard and TikTok was overwhelming for you and reels. All of a sudden there's reels and it, it, it's been a lot. My space went away. I don't oh, know when that happened. So <laughs> for us, um, this is our reset. So here's what we're saying to friends, family, everyone who has been really not giving us the time and the space um, to under, like to either, I guess my thing for me, for what I need from people is if you haven't gone through this, like kindly shut up. You don't know what I need and I don't need to be fixed because I'm a, I've saved myself enough times. Two, don't re-enter the chat if you haven't even bothered to get into the chat in the sense of, I just want to move forward. We both just want to move on. We both went through trauma separately. We both just want to move on. And we are now reintegrating. And yesterday was the last 48 hours, actually, let's say the last 72 hours have been the weirdest, most fucked up of our life. And there was like some very bad mental health moments, a lot of screaming, a lot of confusion. Lost a key, don't know where it is. Yeah, we're we're not we're gonna give it like a week until we tell the landlord and we're just gonna keep using the back <laughs> She's really great because she are Bianca trying to close a window after a bee got in the other day already broke like a little doily sign thing. So Okay, what's up like I love my dog. We're, we're, we're it was a this. mud dauber and not but one but two if you guys follow me on TikTok. Fucking terrifying. Um yeah. but let you know and and from my point of view, the integration piece, it's it's unique. It is it has to be tailored. There's no one stop shop, but like anything in a good marriage, you have to commit time to it. You have to, you have to plan for it. And I know, you know, I'm, I'm going through a military planning course right now. And so, oh, you know, I, I had to listen to it. I was like, said, a six, six I stage process for how to, you know, successfully redeploy this marriage. Um, but it's, it, it is something that cannot be ignored, that has to have dedicated time and it, if you think you can just come back and just kind of willy nilly pick up where you left off, you are so fucking wrong. It's not even funny. Um, yeah. And the thing is, is I thought that I thought that I would just come back and day one, you know, I'd come back and crack a beer and kick my feet up, mm -mm. you know, and 
I realized that it's a deployment for both of us in different ways that, you know, and it's weird. I'm away from her. She's away from me. Me, you know, I'm out there, you know, you know I don't know what the fuck you're defending doing. Defending freedom and democracy around the mm-hmm. world. Proudly serving my country's Navy combat team with honor, courage, and commitment. Um, but, and she's out there just trying to get by. Yeah, like and the I, holidays were the hardest. At least I have the luxury of having a heavily regimented day of being hilariously underutilized and watching a lot of Game of Thrones. Whereas, you know, she's trying to figure out life. Uh, yeah, I mean, and like he said, like, they wouldn't know what was really going on. Imagine finding out that your country <laughs> attacked itself, like, 12 to 18 hours after in a freaking other time zone. <laughs> like, I sent you that email. I was like, you're not going to believe this to <laughs> the insurgents oh no and i was like we were watching that live i was watching it live and i ordered one of everything from our favorite takeout spot and i was like yolo i don't know what's gonna happen yeah i saw that bill by the way (laughs) but no it yeah like the world was changing especially the crazy time with the election uh with it was terrifying with the insurrection going on um Luckily, you know, I, I was able to reach out and just kind of reassure her that I'm okay and, you know, stay safe and keep the gun loaded. Um, but yeah, but yeah, I mean, it, in conclusion, this is just uh, sucked, but life goes on. Life know? does go on. And we want everyone to know that like, we're doing this as the best we can, but like, it's been 251 days, 251 days in a pan deployment, 251 days. It's, this isn't their typical deployment. This isn't your typical loss. This isn't your typical resentment and reintegration. And we're lucky that we got to leave. You know, we're lucky that we get to start a new chapter with new, like with, together in what seems like um, a mass guy free. So I don't, I don't know. It's changing. At, at the same time, shout out to my boys, you know, on the Nimitz who, Got U.S.'s Nimitz got turned around like five times after they were supposed to be going home. Um, the George Washington, who dealt with the you know the first major COVID you know uh, deployment, the T.R. Teddy Roosevelt, who double had pump. zero port calls and double pump. At least we got you know one good one. Expensive beer on the pier a couple times and some Wi-Fi. You know it, it could have been worse, but it still sucked. Um, do you yeah. want to announce our employee of the month? please don't kick me out yeah yeah um thank so, you thank you of course to my listeners uh for all your support and you and if you're wondering what the point of this is and in the conclusion wrap up is just we want to move forward together and we wanted to share a little bit about who we are so that you can know oh what's in your hair what you can know kind of like what like who we are together and what is important to us and the chief, at the end of the day, we're two weirdos who found one another, who never fit in, who still don't fit in, and will never fit in, and are cool with not fitting in. And that's why I have this podcast as an inclusive space where I feel comfortable sharing trans, queer, minority, you name it, stories. If you feel like you never fit in or you feel like you need a friend, you can always reach out. But right now, we're still in a hiatus. And so... Here's what's going to happen moving forward because we're not even going to be to Hawaii for five five weeks. I have about 25 weeks worth in the hopper. 
I need to get these episodes out and I have a lot of queer stories. So I'm gonna get as many queer stories as I can out between now and Labor Day. So if you've had an episode, thank you so much for your patience with me. Um, you know, I've got amazing, amazing people in my life. Um, I have an amazing support group of people that I can trust, but chiefly and most importantly, my husband is back, motherfuckers. And I am so happy about it because being comforted and finally having that closure and finally being like, this is what was missing. I <laughs> what are you doing? Yeah. What are you doing? He's like, I'm the roly poly. Finally, what do you do? He's just like, I was sleeping. You're a mean mom. Here. Yeah, let me see. Uh, finally having that inclusion, or sorry, that, that closure is great. But just so you know, I'm keeping it, my out of office on. I am not easily accessible right now for a reason. If you can't tell through this video or this podcast, if you're listening, it's an audio medium for your ears. This is my absolute best friend, my soulmate, my everything. And having him gone, like a piece of me was missing every day. And to my friends, like, I know you thought you were being helpful. And I know you were like, oh, PCS thing. Make sure you take photos, do this, do that. I got it. I don't need to be saved. I have a therapist. I have a spouse support for that. What I need is a friend. And by friendship, I mean, don't put parameters on it. Don't give me kid gloves and boundaries. I just want to move forward. And if I share something with you, or if I involve you in some way, I expect the respect of being able to have that safe space. Meanwhile, we still appreciate any and all advice on how to do this because every single piece yeah. of us is a shit show. Um, you know, and it's it's not, don't give us advice. No, it's not and what things, I mean. Things, things like that are always welcome. It's um, welcome. I just, if I tell you I got it, it's like a thank you. We're good. Um, because my brain is going a thousand miles a minute. We are on the tail end. And I know a lot of, I've seen a lot of spouses very angry, very upset about PCS season and having a hard time. And for that, I apologize. But I also have seen a lot of angry people and we're just gonna ignore that because we're in Newport, Rhode Island and Rhode Island and New Englanders are a very beautiful breed of people who just really don't give a shit. And see you for who you are 100% first. So we're gonna enjoy this time and that's what's most important to us. So that's what this podcast episode was about. So join us next week for uh, a few episodes. I'll be releasing that schedule, um, but this is what we're talking about today and being vulnerable with you and allowing you into my marriage, my partnership with my partner um, who I've known for four years. And there's a lot of making up for lost time in terms of anniversaries lost, in terms of holidays we didn't get together. But the main thing is, is I just turned 32, he just turned 34. And even though we feel it felt like we were drinking out of a fire hose on acid, it doesn't really, fire hose full of acid, I should say, on acid. <laughs> Woo, no, I'm just kidding. Um, no, even though we feel like that, I just wanna say that it's okay, we've got it because we have each other. But if you don't know what I've went through in the last year, I just don't even wanna discuss it. Let's just move forward. We wanna put 15th MEU behind us and the strike group behind us. And thank you for everyone. And shout out to Dottie, my FRG president, who I could not have done that without. We pulled rabbits out of hats. We made magical memories. Uh, shout out to Big Bertha, you know who you are. And as always, my opinions are not a reflection of the United States Navy or the government. 
they're, uh, they're mine. Yep. Yep. But uh, thank you guys. This is Please Don't Kick Me Out. Join us next week uh, at 9 a.m. Pacific, but I'm on the East Coast, so possibly it'll be 9 a.m. Eastern. Uh, and I will be sharing my friend, my dear friend, Migs, and next Friday, uh, April Brucker, followed by uh, Palaio, or sorry, it's followed by Liam Longbreak, who has a podcast I'm going to be on. We're doing a cross promote. Uh, and that one's about marriage. So you'll get to hear the story of how we met and how we are got married by an Elvis and the stories of some of my worst dates. <laughs> it's going to be really great. Thank you, Leah, for seeing me always. Um, and then uh, some more. We've got Gary, Palio, all of these. I'm going to be scheduling them in and contacting you accordingly. But again, thank you for your patience. And if you have interviewed with me in the last year, I appreciate your support. I've appreciated sharing your story. Um, and if I am sharing you recently in the future, let's find ways to cross collaborate. But thank you guys so much. For, on behalf of Bourdain Woolwick and my husband, Scott, my partner, Scott, I wanna say uh, happy Pride Month. I finally feel like I have a seat at the table accepting who I am um, and go rainbows. <laughs> Thanks. Hey all, uh, as I talked about this last Friday, uh, we are doing a LGBTQIA plus slash ally rest of the content month. I want to get as many interviews out as possible because I don't know what my future is going to hold, but of course we are an inclusive podcast and I do want to be, uh, you know, just be inclusive of the flag, which I now get to support as a non-binary person, as I mentioned on my last episode on Friday. Um, just, you know, a heads up and a reminder that, of course, we are an inclusive podcast and one that believes in human rights, equality, and all lives mattering equally. But of course, you know, making sure that equal rights um, are earned and the flag is respected, as well as um, minorities and inclusion, everything like that. So if you like what you hear, um, please feel free to buy my merch. You can go to please don't kick me out shop. Thank you to Lara at Space Age Betty Page or yaygraphicdesign.com. She's the first episode. Um, if you like any of the branding, uh, of course, that's great. And I just want to share as many queer stories as possible to, just to prove that just because I might look female doesn't mean that that's how I see myself. So um, just wanted to say thank you for all of your support and keep listening at pleasedontkickmeout.com. Hey listeners, I wanted to share a special promotion for you from Dash of Pep. Dash of Pep is a clothing boutique that offers non-binary clothing that has fun prints that support mental health and empowering you to be your best self. In this pandemic, it is great to shop small and support small businesses like Dash of Pep. More than 50% of my wardrobe is from her adorable store. Robin at Dash of Pep has graciously given me a promo code for you to use at checkout. Use PDKMO to receive 15% off your order. Again, that is www.dash of pep.com and you can enter pdkmo at checkout to receive 15% off your order. This has been Please Don't Kick Me Out, a podcast about imposter syndrome. If you like what you hear, please subscribe, like, comment, share, tell a friend. You know, that's how I'm going to keep these stories going. Also, if you want to be a podcast guest, you can reach out to me at p 
podcast at gmail.com and we can get it set up. Thanks everyone for your continued support. And I look forward to, you know, connecting with you again next Monday.